All right, so the first game last week, if we're talking about last week, the first game, ironically, that I want to bring up is the one, the very first one that happened, and that was the fucking Saints-Vikings game. 52 to 33 because I remember I remember I looked in the fourth quarter and it was like it was like one minute left and it was 52 uh, 52 33 and I remember thinking oh Saints are at half 52 Breeze probably threw like four or five touchdowns and I went on the stats and I shit you not I laughed at the fact that Alvin Kamara got 155 yards six touchdown runs and Breeze didn't throw any touchdowns, but he threw two picks and still had a 73.1% completion percentage. Like, the, that, the, how does that happen? Yeah. How does that happen? I, that man's like – look, Drew Breeze, I, I hate to say because he's my favorite quarterback of all time, but, like, the fact that, like, this is happening now where the Saints are doing so well even though he sucks is like, bro, you got to retire. Like, it's not yeah. personal. It's not personal, but, like – Bro, like, I think, honestly, I think it's maybe they can get into the Super Bowl this year, maybe. But I think after that, it's just, like, they got to give up on – or Breeze has to mm-hmm. give up on trying. No, I – yeah. The the whole uh, Alvin Kamara game, that was, that was insane. And what blew my mind was uh, I saw after the game where they asked him about, like, if he was mad that Taysom Hill got the last – touchdown instead of him and he was like nah I shed the wealth or I share the wealth or something like that and I was like damn bro you could have got that touchdown and broke the record and you ain't even care about it (laughs) I was like I would have been a little bit tilted I mean I'm sure he was but he wasn't going to say publicly but yeah that was insane that game the Vikings are a whole mess in themselves like I think the Vikings need to start over and build around uh Dalvin Cook maybe bringing a young quarterback. Uh, but that – I still – it's it's hard to put faith into the Saints in doing well, even though, you know, scoring that much is pretty convincing. But it seems like every year they do so well in the, in the regular season, but then come postseason they just kind of fall apart a little bit or they yeah, have like yeah. a, a bad stretch of, of downs that cost them a game. It's like this setting now where you have to remember that even though like the Saints are what are they now they're 11 and 4 even though they're 11 and 4 and they just scored 52 on Christmas like you have to remember that like this is the best it's going to get and then when the playoffs come do not get your hopes up cuz I guarantee yeah. you if if this was the playoffs right now Minnesota would have had 52 and Saints would have had 33 No I agree and it's and it's almost like uh, if it was any other team like if let's just say if Kansas City put up those kinds of numbers on like on Christmas on on that kind of day right before the playoffs everyone's gonna be like oh there's nobody stopping the Chiefs they're gonna repeat or like any other team but when it comes to the Saints it's like all right well give them a week or two and we'll see what they do like I don't know it would be it would be nice to see them in the Super Bowl and I and I think the NFC is is more open than the AFC um oh yeah for sure the AFC is stacked this year yeah but I think I don't know I mean maybe this year the Saints break the curse who knows (laughs) we'll see (laughs) I honestly like I hope that the Packers and Rodgers can get another ring but like at the Uh, same time but at the same time if Drew Brees can get another ring in his career like I'm not gonna like shun that I'm not gonna be like all right you're done like no I want that man to succeed 
like yeah so well like but it's it's just he's not he's just old he's getting old he's getting yeah. old um no i would like to see the packers go too i think i would not be sad to see either the packers or the saints in the super bowl yeah because like who else who else are you really gonna root for like who who like honestly i mean seattle maybe it'd be cool to see russ there um, no, I think I think the I think Seattle still has a little more time. You know what I mean? Like they they could make it. I think that they have enough youth in them to to be uh, to be able to compete for a Super Bowl for the next few years. But I think that the time is kind of running out on the Aaron Rodgers and the Drew Brees sagas in their respective cities. But that's a fair point. That's a very fair point. Russ does have more time left in the league compared to Rodgers and Brees. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because, I mean, if you look around, I mean, there's new quarterbacks everywhere. Fucking Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Um, Nick Foles in Chicago. Andy Dalton in Dallas. Like, all this shit. You know, everything's changing. But, like, these two guys are still there. Yeah. I think – you're right. I think they do one of them. I honestly – I think Breeze is going to retire before Rodgers. But I – regardless, I would be happy with either Breeze or Rodgers representing the NFC in the Super Bowl this year. That would be absolutely incredible. I agree. 100%. So I was talking about Tom Brady a second ago, and that reminded me that the game immediately after that was the Bucks and the Lions. And I didn't even – I didn't watch any of this game at all. I didn't watch a single play because I was, like, out and about doing things while it was on. But then I checked the score when I got home. And I saw Tom Brady's stats, and I was like, oh, these are really good stats. Like, he had a really good game. He had a, like, perfect quarterback rating. And then I read the story where it was like, yeah, they took him out at halftime. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I, was, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, what? I, I wasn't watching either, but I saw, saw it come across my Twitter feed where it said something like four touchdowns at halftime. And, and then I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, I didn't really think that it was going to be – that they were going to bench him. <laughs> and then I, I just briefly turned it on to see. I was like, oh, well, maybe it's just like a first half thing. And then I, and then I saw that he was benched. I was like, no, nah, I'm not even going to bother watching it. It's Detroit. Like, I don't know. There's nothing really fascinating about Detroit. I mean, Matthew Stafford is is not – he does not get enough credit. Uh, there's probably not, not a word to this. Yeah. He, but other than that, that game would have not been fun to watch. Probably other than the first half. <laughs> yeah, that game was just I, I and and the crazy thing that I like for me personally was the fact that Blaine Gabbert, that random quarterback who started in Jacksonville and never really found his footing anywhere. Blaine Gabbert, first play he comes in, he throws a touchdown past the Gronk. Like yeah. how do you wait, how long how long was that touchdown? I can let me pull it up real quick. It was a 25-yard touchdown. He just – it was the first play that he came in, and he just threw that shit. And I – like, that – if that doesn't tell you how fucked up Detroit is, Matthew yeah. Stafford aside, like, I don't know what will. I really don't. No, and, and, and I think it's a testament to the broken system um, that is in Detroit. And the only reason I know about it is just because of Darius Slay coming to Philly. And um, I think there was some talk about about – toxicity I guess it was from Matt Patricia and some some other coaches in that organization um and I think that they just got rid of their players that were 
their franchise players or or players that made them contenders like Darius Slay. Um, but yeah, I I don't. Detroit is a long way out from getting their shit together. <laughs> yeah, they're because they're not even at the rebuild phase yet. They're still no, like they're they're about right to in the re- middle. They're about to realize that like oh my god, aside from Matt Stafford, we have nobody. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, like, I feel so bad for that guy because he deserves to, like, get a Super Bowl or two. Like, he deserves to have, like, weapons like Megatron again in his life. Like, he yeah. – I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what, like – I don't care what the numbers say because I know they're good. That man's a Hall of Famer. Not first ballot. Probably not first ballot, but I think he's, like, second or third ballot Hall of Famer. He's I agree. So, he's done so much in the NFL, and nobody's noticed it. Because he's been in fucking Detroit his whole career. Yeah, and and not only that is he hasn't had a another star player to go along with him, right? It's it's easy to pick out like your when you think of like dynamic teams, you think of more than one player. You think of like in Kansas City, you think of Tyreek and Pat, or in like New Orleans, we we're just talking about them, Mike Thomas and and Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara. But when you think of Detroit, you know they only have. Matt Stafford and and he just gets passed over because you don't really think of him being a superstar but if you look at his numbers versus other quarterbacks obviously probably not this year because this year the quarterbacks have gone off but in in past seasons he has very similar numbers to you know your your Drew Brees but I just think that they get a little more credit because they have a a little more of a star-studded roster this man I'm looking at this man's stats right now so, first year he takes over in Detroit, 2009, he throws 2,200. Then he gets injured in 2010, so he only puts up 530. His third year, like starting for the Lions, his third year starting for the fucking Detroit Lions, he throws 5,038 yards, 41 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions. And he yeah, did that with the Lions, with the yeah. Lions, Rachel. And then you go 2012, he throws 49-6-7. And then it's 4,513. And it's 4,000 the rest of the way. I mean, it's just, it's insane what I this guy has are done. Kinda, they're like, they're kind of similar to what Russ has done this season uh, with with Seattle. And how he was an MVP conversation, you know, early on. But then it just – once Seattle started to lose a little bit and they lost their momentum. But, yeah, Matt Stafford, kudos to him because I think a lot of quarterbacks in, in the NFL probably would have left. Uh, and Or, you know, they would have demanded to have some kind of help built around them. And maybe they're in the process of that. I mean, I'm not too familiar with the roster on Detroit – I think Kenny Galladay is there, I think, still. Um, and don't they have, like, a young running back in Swift, I think? Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're they're bringing in some guys, uh, but obviously you have to give them a few years to develop and, I guess, gain rapport with Matt Stafford. But kudos to him for sticking it out because there aren't a lot of people that are in professional sports that stick around with one franchise like that. Yeah, he's he's very loyal. Right. Yeah. All right, going to 49ers, Cardinals. Rachel, I got one thing to say, and I think it's fair to say it. Kyler Murray is not better than Lamar Jackson. And I, I, 
I, I am all in on it. I, at first I was like, you know what? That's okay if he is. And like the potential's there. But now that I'm seeing him this season, nope. Nope, nope, nope. All right. No. Uh, okay, so I'll tell you my reasons. Uh, so what I think, Kyler Murray is deceivingly good. But talent-wise, I don't think he is on Lamar's level. Um, I think what makes Kyler Murray stand out a little bit more and and for a while what made him seem better is, one, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. And, and and it's easy to say, you know, you, you, you take a talent like DeAndre Hopkins and you put him on any team with any quarterback and it automatically turns that quarterback into one of the best in the league, but that's not necessarily true. Um, I think, I think Kyler Murray, if you look at his season last year without DeAndre Hopkins, it was pretty mediocre with, uh, with some upsides to him. And, you know, you could see glimpses of star power in there. Um, I think their playing styles are extremely similar, but I think there's just a difference in Lamar's ability to control a game. I think, I think Kyler isn't, or isn't capable yet, or maybe he just hasn't shown it. Um, he, he doesn't take control of a game in a sense of when Lamar's on the field recently. Now, and uh, I'm not going to say that the Ravens offense is, you know, flawless because this this season they showed that they are, um, that they do have flaws, but I think Lamar can show that he can control the game in an RPO situation and has a threat at every level, running the ball, throwing the ball and handing the ball off. And I think Kyler Murray I don't think his run game is as respected as Lamar's because Lamar is so explosive in and out of his putts. And I think that's where the big difference is. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I, so you're, you're saying like, you're saying Murray's like sneaky good. I agree with that. He's like a small little man. And I don't, the, the thing I notice about like the Cardinals offense is that they're kind of treating Kyler the same way that, uh, Seattle treated Russ when he first started. Like you had both of these quarterbacks fresh in the league, like a fresh set of legs, and they can both run. They can mm-hmm. both run. But I think what Greg Roman's done is he said, and I, I don't disagree with him for this. He said, okay, you're, you're my quarterback, but I recognize that I'm going to get way better plays with your legs than I am with you throwing the ball. You can throw right. the ball, but I'm going to give you some plays where you can actually take the ball right when it like, right when the play starts rather than like improvising. And I think, yeah. I think Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, when they first started, they did a lot of that. They did a lot of like, you know, it was a design pass. Nobody's open. They're kind of skipping around the field and then they take off. And I right. think that's, that's what like got them to stick around. Um, mm-hmm. We got them to like stick around in the league. But I think what like kept them going was the fact that they realized eventually they were like, all right, I've had my first couple few years of like running a lot and doing really well. Now I need to start like throwing the ball. And then, right. and then Russ has developed. I don't know if Kyler's going to do that because even though like, even though he is a quarterback and he does put up bigger numbers than Lamar, he seems way too like sporadic and like, un, like not as confident in his throws. Um, yeah. And, like it just, it like, I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but I can, I don't either. I can easily see him just dipping super quick, super quick. Yeah, and I think that was kind of the point I, I was I was trying to make, and, and you kind of hit it on the head with the control of the game. 
I think Kyler, and it may be because he's young, but Lamar is young too. Maybe it's a difference in, you know, in coaching. But I think Kyler just seems like his head is on a swivel all the time. And, and he is explosive when he needs to be because the passing option isn't there. Um, but I think, you know, the Ravens, like you said, that they, they have made it clear that they're, running game is going to be what, you know, makes them successful. And I think that 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 was a Ravens downfall a little bit this season was they were trying to be successful in the pass game before the run game. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for saying that. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was hoping it wasn't just Ravens fans that thought that. Oh, my God. A thousand percent. They just, like, they completely scrapped 2019. And they were like, nope, we're doing a different thing this year. And then they were like, oh, no, we're losing. Yeah, you have to, like, use the running back committee and you have to, like, run the ball. Like, you, that's how – that's – there's no shame in admitting that, but, like, you have to admit it to, the, to yourself. Like, don't, yeah. don't dance around it being like, oh, look at – like, Lamar Jackson can throw. Like, that man should never throw more than 30 passes a game. And, I agree. And, and, I mean, he threw – I think he threw, like, 27 or 28 against the Giants uh, a couple days ago. Let me see. It was uh, – 26 he threw 26 and it worked out perfectly fine because Edwards still got the ball 15 times Dobbins got it 11 and Lamar ran it for 13 uh 13 times so yeah. like that's that perfect d- uh dividend of like pass to or run to pass ratio yeah and I think I think when you have a mobile quarterback like Lamar you don't need to prove that he's that he can throw because I think you're going to open up so many opportunities by establishing the run game. And, and it seems so simple, but it, it blows my mind that, you know, people have to have to look at Lamar and say, Oh, well, he can't throw. They always just run it all the time, but there are teams and, and there are teams out there that establish themselves as run first teams that their offense is heavily run first. And that's not saying that they don't have a good quarterback because in order for you to have a good quarterback, you have to have a good run game because, or else the defenses are just going to sit back and wait for the pass all day. And I think that that was happening to the Ravens is I think that they were hesitant to run the ball for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have faith in the running backs or whatever, but I think now that the Ravens have found a gem in JK, which I think is amazing. um, And Gus, I think they're a good, a good backfield duo. Um, I think it's it's going to open up the playbook for Lamar and all the offense tremendously because I mean Hollywood has come out of his shell a little bit these past couple of games. He was struggling a, a little, early on a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, you not can, and and go back and yeah. forth with that. Yeah, but I I think some of the plays that he was getting frustrated with early on was it's now that they're starting to develop more because the run game is there for the Ravens. And I think that all starts with Lamar's ability to run obviously in the RPO situation. So wait, I got to ask before I say anything. Um, Uh Do you want to go like into Ravens and Eagles now? We can do that. Or do you want to, I mean, we can, I like, I didn't know. I didn't know if you wanted to like mention any particular games. Oh, hold up. I do real quick, real quick before we go into okay. the Eagles. One right. game that I definitely want to talk about is the Steelers and Colts. Okay. Okay, so I saw it like the half. It was like 21-7. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's about right. That sounds about right. 
and then and then uh you know they come back and they win 2024 crazy game um and i read this article about ben talking about how he took over play calling over the offensive coordinator in like the third quarter like he he essentially said like fuck your playbook like you're not doing well i'm gonna do it and and he starts taking shots and they win and everything i don't buy that I don't. I do not buy that. I don't like. I think that. I think obviously Pittsburgh's offense is going to be maybe a little bit better because Ben was kind of like, "Yo, fuck this." But I don't think. Like, okay, if if the Ravens get the six seed and the Steelers get the three, and we go to Pittsburgh, they're the Ravens are winning that game. I like, agree. Like they're they're winning that. There is no like Pittsburgh pulls off the like Ben upset or like some shit. Like no, that's not no fuck no. Like, they – I don't really buy into the Colts, and the main reason I don't buy into them is because of uh, Phillip Rivers. I think I think that he was just kind of a temporary Band-Aid over the whole, yeah. like, where is our quarterback? We miss you, Andrew Luck kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Phillip Rivers is, like, not a bad quarterback. He's probably – Mediocre. He's a mediocre potential, potential Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. But there's no way in hell that guy is going to get you more than a wild card appearance. No, exactly, and I and I think there's a lot of a lot of upside to the Colts, um, particularly their their running backs, um, and uh, Darius Leonard. Um, but I think the Colts aren't whole, and and it all starts with Philip Rivers, like you said. Um, but I think the Colts are on their way. They have some some big pieces, but I think the Steelers in particular. Um, I also don't buy that that Ben took over play calling because. At what point in the season, you know, why didn't he do that when they started losing earlier on when they first lost that first game when when he saw that they were about to lose and and lose their undefeated record? Why didn't he come out then and take over play calling and then after the game say, oh, yeah, I took over play calling. Um, and I think at some point too, you have to, you have to think about, I think the Steelers have kind of flown under the radar and I don't think they're as good as they are perceived to be because of their record. And I know that's not a hot take. I think a lot of the NFL believes that, um, the way I look at it as I don't see the Steelers beating any. AFC team in the playoffs. There's no team that I that I would favor the Steelers against. I think the Steelers defense is just lacking all around. There's there's no like solid piece to their defense and I think a a, a defense like the Ravens will do very well when healthy with Clyde Campbell up front and Marlon Humphrey. Um but yeah, I I just I agree. I think the Steelers are going to be out yeah, I don't – I mean, they lost Bud Dupree. That was a big name. Um, who – they lost someone else, too. Who did they – who did they lose? Who else was on a – wasn't there one more? Mm, not sure. All right, well, anyway. So, Bud Dupree is a big part of that defense. All right, so here's my, here's my thing about the Steelers. And this is not even taking into account that I'm a Ravens fan. Like, I'm totally objective here. I think that they are about to be an amazing team. Mm-hmm. But 
here's the thing. Okay, defense is great. I mean, they got Hayden, they got Hayward, they got Tuitt, they got Williamson, they got Hilton, they got Nelson, they got Watt, they got fucking Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, it's, it's a great stack defense. I'm not even going to talk about that defense because I, if that was the Ravens defense, I would be so happy. I love their wide receivers. Even I just think Juju needs to stop thinking he's all that. I think he's a mediocre, but okay, receiver. Two positions that you need to change immediately. Immediately. Running back? And quarterback. Quarterback. And I yeah. swear to God, Rachel, I don't know why they keep putting their faith in James Conner. I don't, I don't get it. Like, he's not – you know, it's great. Like, oh, he, you know, he beat cancer and everything, and that's cool and happy for him and all that. But, like, that shouldn't be the reason he starts for your team. Like, Blake Snell is, like uh, – or Benny Snell is obviously better than him. And mm-hmm. he still, like, doesn't get the touches. And, like, they still go to James Conner. And you – along with the running game, you cannot have Ben throw the ball 50 times a game. Yeah. Ben is just not built for it anymore. I just don't see how – I think if you if you take – and I'm not even going to go the mobile quarterback route. I'm just going to go a quarterback that can at least move a little bit and be a little more accurate. Where I, and I think that I think Pittsburgh would benefit from a quarterback that could roll out of the pocket because it would give their wide receivers like Claypool enough time to you know like a, a whole field crosser and and it would give them more time to use their speed to get open. I think Ben is is just washed. Yeah, I, I think, think he's they a, could I just think... do better. I think his body is letting him know that he's overstayed his welcome in the NFL. I mean, look, Hall of Fame quarterback, two-time Super Bowl yeah. champion, like one one of the best to ever do it. I'm not going to dance around that. Like he's yeah. incredible. But like every quarterback's career does, he has plummeted hard. And yeah. I mean, he looks like a wounded buck out there. He looks like he can barely run. Every second he's grabbing something or like flexing something to like make sure it works and everything. I mean, he looks like a broken down tin man. Like, like, it's just time – it's time for him to get out of there because that Pittsburgh offense is very young, especially in the wide receiving core. And it's just like you need a young quarterback. Like, I I personally – I think that – I think that – well, at least what was – what I thought was going to happen was with the Jets getting the number one pick, I thought they were going to draft Lawrence. And then I thought the Jets were going to trade Sam Darnold to Pittsburgh. And because Sam Darnold is, is essentially just another Ben. He's a big, mm-hmm. tall, white guy who can kind of move, but he can throw the ball very well. So, right. like, I, I'm sure Tomlin would love to have the same thing back in his system rather than creating a whole new system. Yeah. So, I, I but like, you got to get Ben out of there, man. You got to get him out of there. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what's holding him back. And James Conner, like you said. I mean, don't get me wrong. That first season that he took over for Le'Veon, he did very well. Um, but that that doesn't mean that you you're automatically the starting running back from here on out. And I think the Steelers just need to face the fact that they could do better with a different running back. And and like you said, like Snell is right right there. Um, maybe even this offseason they could pick up anybody that would remotely give them some kind of second edge to their offense. But I think that's you're you're exactly right. Quarterback and running back need upgrades. Yeah, I mean, 100%. All right, 
So I guess it's time for Ravens and Eagles. Yeah. Let's hit the Ravens first. You want to hit the Ravens first? You want my thoughts or you thought you do you want to go first? Your thoughts first. Let's hear it. All right. So I'm really scared to say it. But <laughs> I am really excited. I am <laughs> I am fucking ecstatic, Rachel. Let me tell you, let me tell you why. Here's why I'm ecstatic. Uh-huh. Okay. So first off. I had them winning 12 games this year. So okay. like I wasn't really I wasn't like panicking with with like the first four losses. Um and then the fifth one happened and I was like, "Oh shit." All right, but that aside, obviously it's not the 14 and 2 season. We're not no. dominating. And you know, most of the season the Ravens haven't been dominating. I'm not going to dance around that. But here's my thing. They figured it out. We talked about it already. They stopped with the run or with the uh, pass offense all the time. They realized running has to be the priority. And they're back to having the number one rushing attack in the NFL. And they're back to doing really well. And Lamar is back to embarrassing people. Like, he's playing like MVP again. He's back to that form. And I remember thinking after the Patriots loss, I was, like, worried because I thought, I don't think – like, I I literally thought – that Roman was going to do to Lamar what he already did to Kaepernick and uh, Terod Taylor. Because he had Kaepernick in the 49ers, and then he had Taylor mm-hmm. in Buffalo. And what happened both times is the offenses didn't work. Like, Roman just did a horrible job with the quarterback because he, like, didn't – he, like, tried to make them pass first quarterbacks. And they failed, yeah. and, they came out, and they didn't succeed in the league as much as they should have. So I thought, oh, my God, he's going to do the exact same thing to Lamar. But then, I don't know what happened, but the man gets COVID, comes <laughs> back, and, oh, you know what? I do know what happened. Lamar was gone, so when they realized they had to put RG3 in, they were like, well, shit, I guess we got to run the ball. And then they did that, and it worked, and they almost beat Pittsburgh, and then they were like, oh, wait, that's what we were supposed to do from the get-go. So Lamar comes back from COVID, they go in there, and I mean – it's just a whole new play. Yeah. And okay. So to that, the last time the Ravens won a Super Bowl was 2012 and they were 10 and six. They won the division, but what happened was they were really good at the beginning and then they faltered off hard and then they barely won the division. They were 10 and six and then they heated up like right after the wild card. That's the right time. Yeah. So, so my thing is like in hindsight, probably wasn't a good thing that we won 12 games in a row to end the season last year. We should have lost at least one or two. So the fact that they like, you know, they have five losses, they're 10 and five. They were seven and five or they were six and five. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that they're like heating up right now, like right at the right time, I'm very excited about that. And I don't like, I don't, I can't fully say I expect them to go to the Super Bowl this year. I really can't because I just – it's hard to with Kansas City. But – Yeah. But I feel as good as ever that Lamar is at least going to get his first playoff win this year. I think – Yeah. I hope it's Pittsburgh too because that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I think he gets I – th- well, 
Got to beat Cincinnati first. But I think they get one, maybe two, but I don't think it's a Super Bowl year. I don't think it is. I think Lamar needs some weapons first. Yeah. I mean, there's no receivers there in Baltimore right now. Yeah, and I think I think it's – the way I look at it as, uh, you know, you, you stack the Ravens up against the teams in the AFC that are going to be in the playoffs. And there aren't any teams that I would pick other than the Ravens to be competitive with Kansas City. And I'm not saying that Kansas City is so far ahead because obviously we've seen in the past few games and there's there have been some close calls. Uh, you know, against Miami's defense with Patrick Mahomes. But I think the Ravens' defense will pose a good threat against the offense of Kansas City. Um, and I think Lamar would be good enough to edge out the Kansas City defense. The way I look at it is the Ravens' offense versus the Kansas City defense. and I And I think that the way that the Ravens are playing right now, the run first, like we said, you, you got to establish the run first. I think if they were to do that, they're the one team that stands a chance at beating Kansas City to get to the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not going to say that, you know, the Ravens are going to go to the Super Bowl, like you said, because it's hard to, to do that. But I think the big difference, like you said earlier, too, is this season – the Ravens got punched in the mouth. And last season, that's, that's what I was saying all along, was that the Ravens needed to get punched in the mouth before the playoffs. That I think when they were on that winning streak, they kind of felt invincible, kind of like what the Steelers did this season. And then, except the, the Steelers started to lose during the regular season. It just happened that the Ravens last year lost, you know, that big game against, uh, what, the Titans, against Derrick Henry. Um, but I think this season, I think, I think you're right that, that Lamar needs some more weapons on the outside and the wide receiving crew, but I, I would like to see an AFC championship or even just the Ravens somehow end up against Kansas City. I'm not sure how the seating is going to fall, but I think that would be an amazing game to see one more time this year. Can, can we, can we say, can we say on a side note? Lamar has definitely progressed this year, right? No, hundred percent. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank God. All right. I, I just like, yeah. I know the numbers haven't been as stellar, but they also haven't been bad. And he's okay. Once I saw the Cleveland game, I was like, Oh my God, he's getting, he's getting better right in front of my eyes right now. Mm-hmm. Like, because people said like, he can't come back from a deficit. He can't lead a game winning drive. Like he's, he's like, he has to be in control the whole time or else he like panics and doesn't do well. He, said fuck y'all to all the haters out there for the Cleveland game Ben mm-hmm. I, I personally I think he was taking a shit comes out of the locker room when McSorley goes down <laughs> you just come back from the locker room and you throw a touchdown to the guy who drops who's been dropping the ball like all night and then yeah. and then Baker be, being the good quarterback that he is another thing I think he's a good quarterback um that happening he's like all right well I'm gonna tie it Lamar doesn't give a shit that what he's like, all right, I'll go downfield again. And like, I got Justin Tucker. You think I care? He did it twice in one. Yeah. And he was just, he looked so calm. He looked, he he realized he was like, dude, my legs are going to make the trick plays. And that's what I love about him is that like, he can be, I'm not going to like, he's right now he's a run first quarterback. 
but what's cool about that is he like when he scrambles and shit he like learns which ways he can throw the ball and how much like he's he's still throwing it's just on the run most of the time right and i agree that i think i think you give lamar maybe another two years i think maybe a year or two uh to develop a little stronger of a passing game and i think if he does and 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 it really showed this past offseason um, of him working so hard on his passing game in this season. And I think that kind of probably is what caused the Ravens to want to throw the ball so much is to test out to see where his passing game was. Um, but it definitely has improved. But I think there that is the one area, and I think everyone can agree to, that that is where he needs to work on the most. But he's close. What area? Uh, the the passing game. Oh 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 yeah yeah no he's yeah he's like he's he puts up like okay numbers like they're 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 fine, but for as electric as this guy is, I think he can do more. I agree. I, I do. I think he. I like. I know he can throw the ball downfield, but he's just gotta he's gotta work on the accuracy a little bit more. And yeah. it doesn't help. I mean, he does need to work on that, but at the same time. We need a receiver that isn't Des Bryant. I like Des Bryant, but he is way past his prime, and we can't – like, it's him, Willie Sneed, and Marquise Brown. Come on. Yeah. You could do better I'm not too that. sure – yeah, I'm not too sure what the Ravens' plan was in signing Des Bryant, maybe just to have, like, a veteran uh, presence or, or whatever. Um, but he definitely was not the solution. I'm not sure that there was a, a wide receiver solution this year. But if you get if you get a guy, anything like uh, I'm not even going to go as far as like a, a a stud. Like I'm not even talking about like your Michael Thomases and your Stephon Diggs. But let's just say like you take like Cooper Cup or like uh, Christian Kirk. Yes, anybody that is reliable and it's fast. You know, because because right now Hollywood Brown he's fast. Is he reliable? No. But I think if you get that guy that that Lamar says, you know, I throw it his way, I can trust my guy to get the ball. And I think that's what he sees in Mark Andrews right now. But imagine if Mark Andrews could run like a 4-3. And, that, and, that's, and I think that's the missing piece, is that you need a wide receiver that is fast and reliable. Um, and that's, that's what jumps the Ravens game. And I think keeping Gus and J.K. together, too, because that – running back dynamic they got going on back there they got it down well it's what they did with uh it's what they did with ingram last year it was ingram and edwards last year yeah edwards edwards has been killing it since 2017 he's always i mean the past like four three or four years here now he's like he's been extremely consistent and i what i okay I'm, i've i haven't really thought a lot about this but when the season started ingram was the starter and he was not doing well. No. Like he, he, and Dobbins wasn't getting a lot of touches because they were like, all right, Ingram's our guy. But then I think they want the Texans game, like Lamar threw well. And I think that's when Greg Roman was like, oh, my God, it's working. I can throw the ball more now. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then he just spent a lot of games realizing that that is not the case. And then they were like, well, what are we going to do with uh, – Ingram and then they just kind of threw Dobbins in there and he's killing it because I mean Ingram is Ingram's I love Mark Ingram I love that he's on the team I love that he's such a team player he's a 
he's a big locker room presence. Yeah, but that's guy. all. But that's all he is. He cannot. Right. He can't. Like he, he had a decent year last year. He got a thousand yards, like a little over a thousand yards. But like, you can't have that guy as your running back for uh, like five years. Like he, he had the best of his years in New Orleans already. Now, if you yeah. threw him in now, would he be okay? Yeah, sure. But like, he's not good enough for what the Ravens need in that scheme they have. Right. I think that's where J.K. comes in. The, the young, fresh legs. And don't get me wrong, I don't I don't think any team can make it without having those vet guys like Mark Ingram and Des Bryant. They play key roles outside, off the field. But it's just – it's hard for a team to say to go past. Like, I know it, it, it took the Ravens a lot to, to bench Mark and, and put J.K. in there with Gus. But it's proven to work out so far. Hopefully it keeps working out. Yeah, I, I like I'm just I'm a little worried just because whenever the Ravens need to be, make the playoffs and we play Cincy in the last week, it never goes well. And yeah. last last time was especially brutal, the Tyler Boyd reception. Yeah. Um so I'm just like I'm not guaranteeing a win, but I'm I think they can do it. Um I think so too. Joe Burrow being out will help. And I think uh did T. Higgins show up on the injury report this week? I, think. I don't know. It, I think so. Either T. It, I don't think it was Tyler Boyd, so it had to be T. Higgins. Um, but I don't think he's out. I think he was just struggling with some kind of injury. So we'll see. I I think I think uh, the Ravens are a better bet this year against Cincy than in years past. But again, I don't want to jinx it. Yeah, that's my thing. Um, yeah, I just, I'm, I wasn't feeling great about them, but I, I wasn't like, oh my God, we have to reset the team, like start over, build around Lamar. But I was just thinking, I was like, yeah, they don't have it this year. Like they're just not clicking. They got to try next year. But then they clicked, but then they (laughs) finally clicked. And I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Like, so I'm just, I'm. It's just because they're not doing it so early, they're doing it like right before the playoffs. I'm feeling good about it. I agree. I I do too. I think uh, the Ravens could be a. I don't want to say they're a dark horse, but almost like a dark horse in the playoffs. You know that nobody's really thinking about the Ravens right now because they have been kind of quiet this season and that they have underperformed their expectations. But you know they are hitting, they're hitting their marks right now and. They should be good to go in the playoffs. I think I would take them or Kansas City coming out of the AFC. I just – I cannot do another year of a first-round Lamar playoff loss. I, I yeah. can't. I can't do it. because That would be crushing. Because, like, it, it's I – think, I think they've learned from it. I think they've learned. But what they – what they do – what they've done in those past two losses is, like, they got punched in the mouth – you know, like San Diego or the Chargers showed up and like actually scored against them. And they didn't do that in that, in the regular season game prior. So that was a punch in the mouth. So they panicked with Lamar and they ran him all the time. And just, it was him every play. And then they lost. And then last year, Derek Henry punches him in the mouth. And then they're like, Oh shit, Lamar, go, go fix everything. Like it's all you go, go, go. So I hope, I hope. And I've kind of seen it in Cleveland a little bit that like, they're realizing that if they want to come back, it is totally fine to run the ball and run keep, the ball. 
yeah, and keep doing what they're doing. Like, you don't have to, like, instantly score. You've come back. And I think now that they've come back from multiple deficits, I think they're now realizing, like, oh, maybe we got something going on here. So I'm hoping, I'm praying to God that something different happens this year. I'm praying to God. Yeah. I think I, it's, I think it's it's possible. Oh, There's not many teams in the AFC I like other than Kansas City and the Ravens right now. Yeah. Last thing about the Ravens, and then we go to the Eagles. Actually, uh-huh. actually, okay, okay. All right. I think that – so my thing is I just want him to win a playoff game this year. Just one. That's my uh-huh. thing. If he can win one, I'll be happy. But – and I wonder if you're going to be able to, like, understand what I mean. I think if he wins one, he doesn't stop until he gets the Lombardi. Yeah. I, yeah, think, I, I think, think I think yeah. Good. It's mental. I was going to say that I think Lamar needs that confidence boost and not that I, not that he lacks confidence. I think it's once he sees that he can win in the playoffs, it's oh shit, I can do this. Let's let's go. Yeah. And you know, and Lamar has said it since day 1 since draft day that he he's going to bring a Super Bowl back to Baltimore and I and I truly believe he will. Um and I think that being that determined, I think, I think if he would have gotten it last year, I think, uh, I don't know if it would have been as satisfying. I think I had to go through a little bit of grit and grind and realize that it's not going to come as easy. I'm not saying he thought it was easy, but I think he just didn't realize uh, the amount of uh, work and, and all that that went into that. But I think this year, I think if he does win one, I think it's going to do anything but boost his confidence and and realize that, you know, they do have a chance. But, again, the Ravens have to stick with being a run-first team. And the second that they go away from that, they're screwed. They are. Yeah. And it's – I mean, it's worked with other teams, but, like, don't – don't – when you have Lamar, Dobbins, Edwards, and I'll even say Ingram, there's no way in hell you're not making run the primary option. Bro, you got four yeah, guys the right there. Yeah. yeah. And like and that's another thing. I think they finally figured out the O-line, which is cool. So like yeah, yeah. behind behind the the O-line that the Ravens have. I mean, like there's no way that you look at those four guys and then you look at like Marquise Brown, Des Bryant, Willie Sneed and you don't look at them and think I want to throw this first. No. no, you have way more faith in the running backs. They're young, and they love running around people, and Gus loves running through people. Give them the ball. Right. Yeah, I agree, 100%. The O-line on the Ravens, I think Orlando O'Brown Jr. made the Pro Bowl this year. Um, and he's been playing left tackle. He's a right tackle. He's been filling in for Stanley. Yeah, they're a solid group. I think they finally got – they figured it all out and, and what's going on up there. So hopefully. My thing is too, and I, and I know this is a common thing with being successful, is they have to stay healthy and not panic if they do get punched in the mouth first. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling good about that given their la- their play the past like month and a half. Yeah, I'm yeah, feeling sure. good about it. All right, Eagles, Rachel. I'm curious as to what you have to say about it. Um, I know obviously these are far different and probably worse circumstances, but we still got to, we got to, we got to clear the air on it. We got to do it. 
I know. All right, what do you got? All right. I think it's safe to say disappointing season across the board. Um, and I think as an outsider looking into the Eagles, you know, if you don't follow the Eagles as, as much, if you're not an Eagles fan, it's easy to just place the blame wherever you see fit, whether it be Carson Wentz, whether it be an unhealthy O-line, uh, whatever, whether it be uh, not even a, a wide receiver group that you even recognize their names. Um, but I think if you're an Eagles fan and, and it's, it's turned into a Jalen Hurts versus a Carson Wentz kind of thing right now, I think if you're an Eagles fan, everyone knows that the main issue is Howie Roseman, which is the GM. and Nobody knows who's calling the shots in Philly. Nobody knows if it's Howie Roseman who's saying, who told Doug to start Jalen, or if it's Howie telling Doug to bench Carson, whatever. But it goes far past, you know, the benching and the starting. It goes into drafting and all of the personnel matters. You know, I think I think when, when Philly won the Super Bowl in 2017, they sold their soul to the devil. And they said, give us this Super Bowl win and we will never ask for another thing. And I think Howie Roseman made that deal because he has shit the bed worse than any other GM. And it is so <laughs> bad. It's so bad. We're literally in cap hell. There's nothing we can even do about it. The The worst, it all started with trying to to live in Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. And for somehow. Carson Wentz pulled off some kind of magic last year and made the Eagles competitive with a wide receiver core that nobody knew their names. Um, and I think the O-line being healthy really attested to the success of last year. But if we're talking about this year, Deshaun Jackson bust. Alshon Jeffrey was on the, on the roster for, I think, the first however many weeks up until he played. Uh, and he didn't play. He didn't play. I I I want to say it was probably to about week ten, that that Alshon did not play, and he was on the roster taking up a spot from any any other kind of wide receiver. We had Quez Watkins who could have played and took his snaps. Uh, any anybody else? But I think I think the Eagles are fucked. No matter what, they're fucked. They keep Carson, which I think everyone. Well, not everyone, but I think that that would be the smartest move because we're already in Capel. We paid him way too fucking much. Um, don't get me wrong. Jalen Hurts is fantastic. Everyone watches game against the Saints, against the number one defense. Um, but the second that they announced Jalen Hurts as the starter, I said from the get-go that their plan all along was to keep Carson, that they were benching him, and – they wanted to showcase Jalen for trade value, which I think will be the ultimate goal is they're going to trade Jalen Hurts. And a lot of people say, well, no, why would they do that? Because Carson is, is old. He hasn't really proven too much, not old, but injured, injury prone. Uh, and he has a lot of money to him. I think Carson Wentz is still your guy. I think the amount of time that we've put into Carson Wentz is just, you can't undo it. And what what Carson Wentz did last year with the no-name wide receivers, the practice squad guys, with the healthy O-line, 
attest to how good Carson Wentz is. And the O-line, we, I think for the first 13 games, we played with 12 different starting O-lines. And I'm not saying that that was the downfall, but that, again, there's a bunch of pieces to the Eagles being so bad. But Carson Wentz is your guy. You trade Jalen Hurts. You draft Smith with whatever pick we have, I think we'll end up with the fifth pick. Um, fire Howie, hire an offensive coordinator. And, and I'm not saying that Doug is a bad play caller either because everyone knows he called the plays in the Super Bowl and, and he did fantastic at it. But Frank Reich was the mind behind that in the offensive coordinator. And I don't think anybody has been next to Carson in Carson's ear and pushing him to be better because Carson is buddy-buddy with the, with the QB coach in, in Philly. And we don't have an offensive coordinator this year. And I just don't think he reached his potential for a multitude of reasons. But next year, fire Howie, new GM, new offensive coordinator. You, you bring back Carson Wentz. We have uh, Chris uh, uh, Goodwin, or Godwin, one of the two. What's, uh, he, he was uh, out on COVID. He decided to not play the season because of COVID. He'll be back to help. You get rid of Alshon. You trade Zach Ertz because you have a phenomenal tight end in Dallas Goddard. Uh, you get rid of Deshaun. We're still going to be in Capel. But our O-line will be healthy again. You'll have Brandon Brooks back, which, by the way, just got activated to the practice eligibility from tearing his second uh, Achilles. You'll have Lane Johnson back. Hopefully Jason Kelsey returns because that dude is just Philly in an essence. But I, I don't think Philly is going to be able to contend until they build around Carson Wentz. Trade Jalen Hurts. That's, that's my final answer. Carson Wentz is your guy. Get rid of Jalen Hurts. Okay, I have something to say to all that. Um, can I go pee first? Yes. I'll be right back. All right, I'll finish my beer. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. All right. Um, so, okay, here's my, here's my thing about the quarterback situation in Philly. I, I love Carson Wentz 
like I would love to see him get traded and go to the Colts and play with Frank Wright again because we all know he'd fucking kill it over there and it would be nice to see him in the blue and white but you cannot let that man go you cannot mm-hmm. let th- there's no way that every single offensive problem in the Eagles organization is that man's fault no there's no fucking way Mm-mm. You have you have injury prone veteran receivers. You have one new receiver who just got there, so we can't really factor him a lot yet. Um, you have an offensive coordinator that doesn't know that Miles Sanders is behind Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. So that's a big fucking problem. I mean, he's like yeah, a, I didn't even touch that. That's insane. He's like a top. I'm. I mean, you could debate it. I, maybe like a top five back in the league. Maybe no. He he's second in in yards per carry. Yet he he doesn't he hasn't touched he hasn't had more than twenty carries. And I how like, does that I, work? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And I, I look. I again. I think it would be awesome for Jalen Hurts to start in Philly. I think he's been doing very well. Um, but I don't think that the first few games that he plays this year should determine like what kind of player he is, because yeah, like. I agree. Because, like, this has happened before with a mobile quarterback. This happened with Lamar. He took over in the middle of 2018, and he was very good. He was 6-1, and one, but he ran the ball a lot. And he was very good, and people were like, oh, shit. And then he goes to the playoffs, and he loses, and they're like, oh, he was mm-hmm. a bust. He didn't really get that credibility until, like, end of 2019. So I think the same thing is happening here with Jalen, where, like, teams are like, wait, that's not a tall, not really fast white guy, like, in our – like as our quarterback, like who is this? And then they panic and they're like, "Who the fuck is running this ball?" Like we don't we don't know how to game plan against this guy. I think that's yeah. a big part of it. I think it's it's like Philly hasn't Philly hasn't been able to do that since Vic, and Vic was like what two thousand eight two thousand nine. Yeah, ish. Something I don't remember like the exact Some, year. Something like that. Um, so it's been a while for them, and I think they've it's been working great for them, but not great enough to make them division winners. I don't think – I think Jalen will be great in a couple of years, and I think that he will probably start somewhere else other than Philly because Carson Wentz is too good for, like, you just abandon all hope in him. Like, he, no, led, yeah. he led them to the – he led them into the playoffs last year with, like, nobody. Practice squad guys. Nobody. Yeah. And they still, he still succeeded, and they still succeeded. So, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think because he had one bad year, which wasn't even – like, part of it was his fault. He obviously wasn't performing as well, but, like, he wasn't performing as nearly as badly as everyone else was making him out to. So, right. I, I, I think you're – I think Philly fans are idiots if they jump the gun on Carson Wentz. And, and I think uh, this past game against Dallas really showed that Jalen – towards the end of the game, probably just the whole second half, was was having the same struggles that Carson Wentz was having all season. None of his wide receivers were getting open. So he was trying to force throws. He threw interceptions. Then he was trying to force runs. And he fumbled the ball, which are all things that Carson Wentz did. And, and Philly and all across football fans everywhere crucified him for it. And they're like, oh, he's ass. Like, he can't throw. Uh, he shouldn't even be running. He's fumbling. But – Jalen Hurts, in the amount of games he played, had the same amount of fumbles that Carson Wentz did. 
And it's you can't just say, fuck Carson Wentz, let's go with Jalen because he beat the Saints. And there, it, it would be a whole different story if the Eagles had a healthy offensive line, a wide receiver core that flourished when Jalen Hurts came in the game. Um, but it's not. It's it's just there's more to it. And and I forgot to even mention Miles Sanders, but that is a whole issue in itself. And I think having an actual offensive coordinator in Philly will really benefit the team to have a balance. And I think Philly could really benefit to be a team like the Ravens and not necessarily run with Carson Wentz like Lamar, but be a run-first offense. Because when you have a guy like Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders is easily a top five running back. Uh, but you have to use him. And I think Philly just kind of forgot that he even existed this year. They were so focused on trying to figure out how to fix Carson or who went to bench Carson. And then once Jalen Hurts was playing, it was how do we make Jalen be successful? All along, Miles Sanders could have been a solution, not the solution, but a solution where if you would have gotten Miles Sanders going, it would have taken the load off of Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts' shoulders where they felt like they had to make the plays because the wide receivers weren't creating separation and they were dropping balls. And the Eagles thought that they fixed it when they got rid of Nelson Aguilar and Matt Collins and they brought in, you know, Jalen Rager and Deshaun came back and Alshon came back. Um, but I think getting rid of Deshaun this at the end of the season and Alshon, which is pretty much inevitable. Everyone knows it's going to happen. Zach Ertz, and don't get me wrong, Zach Ertz, great guy. Love him. Great player. Love him. Thank you for catching the game-winning Super Bowl touchdown. But, bro, it is time to go. You, and, and, again, you can't say that he has regressed because he has been in a struggling offense. But Dallas Goddard has flourished in this whole time of last year and this year. And Dallas kind of has the youth in him, and he does for the main thing for Philly is he doesn't have the contract that Zach Ertz is going to demand and the amount of money. And, and Philly just simply doesn't have it. I think Philly's best bet right now is to go with Carson Wentz, go with Dallas Goddard, and for the love of God, please play Travis Fulgham, and which I think will happen now that Alshon and Deshaun will be gone next season. But it's just it, it it's mind blowing that you have a guy like Travis Fulgham that led the whole league in receiving yards, and then you for for a span of three weeks, then you have Alshon Jeffrey come back, and it's like, oh, see you, Travis. You're gonna have to take the back seat now. We're gonna throw in Alshon now. And when Doug Peterson was questioned about this, he said, uh, Travis Fulgham isn't having as solid practices as Alshon is. Okay. We all know those players that exist in the world and in the NFL that don't necessarily flourish in, in the practices, but then flourish when it comes game day. And we all know that Travis Fulgham isn't necessarily that guy because he wouldn't have gotten a shot anyway if he didn't flourish in the practices. But whatever happened that wasn't causing Travis to, to be good in practices, maybe it had to do with the quarterback inconsistencies. But God damn, man, Travis Fulgham deserves a chance to be – uh, a, a top three wide receiver on a team. And I think next year your guys have to be Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham, and Smith from Alabama. 
if we get him with the, with our with our draft pick if we can get him but i don't know it's it's going to be a rough a rough time for philly up until we we know what's going to happen but i think howie roseman firing him it has to start with him we just have wasted so many draft picks and, and jalen hurts and and jalen rager are excused from that comment because they haven't gotten the chance to prove but we drafted a wide receiver last year, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who nobody even knows. We took him over D.K. Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, you know, and and uh, C.D. Lamb went to pick before him. You know all of those guys' names, but you don't know J.J., and why is that? And, and there's no knock on J.J., because I'm sure he's a great guy, great receiver. He would be a good option, but there, there's, there's some kind of disconnect in how he's – ability to scout and and I think that that's just that's why he has to go he hasn't he hasn't done good on draft picks I think Josh Sweat and Carson Wentz are are the two only draft picks that come out of him as decent but I don't know it's it's going to be tough as a Philly fan it really is not looking forward to it Uh, it's good to know at least that like you're not one of those oblivious Philly fans that is like Oh yeah, Deshaun Jackson a touchdown catch like he's back to his 2010 form. Like yeah, like that's like he's gonna he's gonna win the game against the Giants again. Like no, dude, he no. he's got to retire. Yeah, he does. And he's and don't retire. get me wrong, he can separate. He can cause a separation. And he can catch the ball, but he's idiotic. He hurt himself doing a flip into the end zone, and again, he's he he can't stay healthy. It's just he's old and he can't stay healthy, and that's the bottom line. It's it's it was good to see Deshaun Jackson catch a bomb again against Dallas. Like, you know, good for him, but he's it's it's over. See ya. It was nice, but it's time. <laughs> I just I really hope that instead of like instead of building around Jalen they decide like yeah Carson Wentz is our guy and we should like build around him and Sanders yeah I agree and and Philly has the pieces they have the player pieces in in almost every position except for wide receivers and even then who knows what we have in Jalen Rager nobody really knows and we have a good young crew in Quez Watkins and Travis Fulgham but I think when you get your healthy O-line back and you get an offensive coordinator that can balance the run and pass game, I think Philly has the pieces. It's just a matter of putting it all together with the right coaching and staying healthy. And I think that both of those were shown this season and that's why they weren't successful. We didn't stay healthy and our coaching fell apart. I think Darius Slay was extremely good pickup. I think that was probably the best thing the Eagles did. Um, but outside of him there's and, and our D-line, which is phenomenal, I don't think there's any cornerback that you could say their job is safe. Jalen Mills, his move to safety didn't even produce numbers to even, be, to even prove that he belongs there. So there may even be changes coming in the secondary. But I think Philly has the pieces. They just need the coaching and the health to put it all together. But, man, everyone going into this season as a Philly fan, you were so excited because you thought everyone was healthy again. 
you know, with aside from Alshon. But man, did it it blew up. It's that we made that deal with the devil, man. Fuck us for that twenty seventeen Super Bowl. So is Dougie P is his is Dougie P's job safe? Um I'm gonna say no because Philly Philly is so ass backwards, but I think Philly is wrong if they fire Doug. I think Doug is not the issue. I think it was not having an offensive coordinator and putting it all on Doug's shoulders. That was the issue. I think uh, Deuce, who's our running backs coach, he would be a great offensive coordinator. If we could move him to offensive coordinator, that would be fantastic. His development with Miles Sanders, what he did last season with Boston Scott, fantastic. Um, I think he keeps play calling duties. If he stays, he keeps play calling duties, but we need an offensive coordinator. Howie Roseman has to go. That's the bottom line. That's it. Howie Roseman, peace out. All right.